Today on Emerging Daily. Tonight, if you were to give it a title, what I'm going to be teaching would be Transition. If you believe that you're in God's hands tonight, if you believe that your life is in the hand of God, then you have to also accept and acknowledge that only what He allows to pass through His fingers can come into your life. In the Old Testament, there's things called types and shadows, also referred to as symbolism. And if you understand the types and the shadows, you can understand a great many things about the Bible and how it applies to you. Not just about a history lesson. This is talking about you tonight. This is talking about me. I need to allow it to change the way I think. I need to allow it to change what I do in my life. I need to allow it to change me. How many of us think according to the Word? How many of us walk according to the Word? I don't many times. But I need to focus my faith, focus my walk, not on where I'm being, but on where I'm going. Because I'm not going to be allowed by God and stay in right relationship with Him to go back into the things I come out of. I don't want to leave any of you behind in what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about physically getting up and going anywhere. This is talking about a spiritual journey, okay? We have been commissioned by God to inherit the kingdom, to take it by force. Okay, where is the kingdom of God? Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. So who are the Hittites and the Canaanites and the Amorites and all these other things that we have to defeat? Their attitudes, their emotions, their thoughts and beliefs and things that have kept us from entering into what God has for us. There's things that we've set up and we've said this is what I believe that have really kept us from entering into the things of God. I want to know God. I want His people to know Him. I want this world to know Him. How do you feel? This is Emerging Daily with Charlton Scott Fisher. Scott is the founder and leader of Emerge Nashville, a spiritual refuge that's an evolving ministry expressing radical grace every day. Emerge is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your tax-deductible gift and to learn more about Emerge, visit EmergeNashville.org or email EmergeNashville at gmail.com. We hope this program will help you to emerge as pure gold and to steer you to put love into action. Do you like to shop online for either yourself or for gifts for others? Do you like the convenience of shopping online but also like to help support local shops and retailers? What if you could do both? Check out BellsGiftsAndMore.com. Bells Gifts and More is locally owned and operated, based just outside of Nashville in Lebanon, Tennessee. They have men's and women's clothing fashions and accessories, wallets, handbags, watches, jewelry, books, media, home and office items, electronics, and more, all at great prices. And they add new items to their inventory almost every day. So go to BellsGiftsAndMore.com, use promo code EMERGE when you check out and get an additional 10% off your purchase, excluding sale items. That's BellsGiftsAndMore.com. Hey, thanks for joining us today on Emerging Daily. I'm Scott Fisher. Today we're going to be listening to a message that I gave back in the early 2000s 
at a church in Lebanon, Tennessee called Christian Life Chapel. It's a charismatic full gospel church. The pastor and founder of the church, Brother Argyle Faith, was a good friend of mine, and he had just passed away a few weeks prior to my giving this message. Uh, This message deals with that, deals with his passing, but also deals with the passing of Moses and how the people of Israel had to get up and go beyond that death to enter into the things God had prepared for them. And so this message deals with that and how that relates to us today spiritually and how God wants us to move beyond where we are into the things that he has prepared for us. So I hope this message blesses you. I'll be back in a few minutes. Thank you. Let's go for the Lord in prayer. Father God, we just praise you for this evening. We thank you for this day. God, we just praise you for who you are, for the things you're doing in our lives, Father. God, we thank you that you're changing us. God, we just pray that you'll keep before our eyes and our minds the fact that we do need to change. Not because we're such sinful people or anything condemnatory like that, Father, but that we just want to be more like you. God, we praise you and we thank you for your presence within us. And God, we thank you that as your word is taught tonight, that that anointing within will teach and guide and instruct our minds, that we'll receive the word eagerly and with, with gladness, that we'll be teachable and that we'll be changeable and moldable by the word. God, just help us to see you more through your word and how that we can apply it to our lives to become more and more like you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. I just again praise you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, if you were to give it a title of what I'm going to be teaching, it would be Transition. Transition. It's not an easy thing. It's not something that we like, but it's a necessary thing. And in talking about transition, probably the the most applicable scripture would be the first chapter of Joshua. So if you would, turn to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Of course, most of you know the situation here. Moses has died. And, of course, we can understand that. We've had a passing away of someone we love. Let me just say this. I believe God is a sovereign God. And I believe that God knows what's best for his people. And I know that God is in control. We don't want to admit it many times. We don't want to acknowledge it. We don't want to receive that. But he is. And if you believe that you're in God's hands tonight, if you believe that your life is in the hand of God, then you have to also accept and acknowledge that only what he allows to pass through his fingers can come into your life. So are you in his hands? I am. Now, I also know that God gives us authority, and I understand that. But I know that he will not allow, just like he did with Job, he will not allow certain things, but he will allow certain things because he is sovereign. And so we have to admit tonight that God allowed Brother Faith to pass away. And I'm dealing with some, some, some things tonight that I think are necessary, but Brother Faith was allowed to pass away. Moses was allowed by God to pass away. Jesus Christ was allowed by God to leave this earth for a purpose. It was all for a purpose. And we're going to understand a little bit more about that, I hope, tonight. But look in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of God, that's a real important thing. He was a servant of God. He was God's man for the hour. It was the one that God had instructed to lead the people, his people, out of bondage. And how many of you tonight can realize the fact that Brother Faith led a lot of people out of religious bondage? He brought people out of some things that had held them for many, many years. Okay, Moses died. And the Lord spake to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. 
Now, therefore, listen to this, arise and go over this Jordan. Moses has died. Yes, let's mourn. And if you'll look at the end of Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 7, it says, Moses was 120 years old when he died, and his eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And I think that we've done that as a body. And I know with individuals, there's different things. And I'm talking about as a body. I'm not dealing with, with individuals right now. As a body, we have done the weeping. We've done some mourning. But now we're at the place, I believe, that God has said to, to Joshua, Arise and go over. Let's go. Are we going to sit here forever? Why sit we here till we die? God is telling Joshua right here, Listen, your days of mourning are ended. Let's get up and go. If you realize the story here, and you understand the symbolism, and let me explain a little bit what symbolism is if you don't know. In the Old Testament, there's things called types and shadows, also referred to as symbolism. And if you understand the types and the shadows, you can understand a great many things about the Bible and how it applies to you, not just about a history lesson. This is talking about you tonight. This is talking about me. And the word Jordan means descend. It represents death. And you're saying, let's pass on. Let's go past this death. Let's go on and inherit the promises. Let's go on in and take over the land that God has given us. God has provided many, many promises to us. He has provided things that are beyond our comprehension. You know, it says in Corinthians that it's beyond what we can think or imagine. He says, let's go. Let's get out and go. Let's arise and pass over, cross over, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon... That have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness of this Lebanon even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of, our, of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people thou shalt divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right or to the left, that thou mayest prosper, whithersoever thou goest. And then he goes on to give him more commands. And look at verse 9. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. God is with us. I don't care who's left. God is with us. I don't care who's gone on. God is with us. God is with us. God is with us. If we could understand that, if we could receive that, if we could take that into our minds, I believe it's in our spirit. You know, I'm tired of people telling me I need to get something down in my spirit. Listen, I need to get it in my head. It's there in my spirit. I need to get it up here. I need to allow it to change the way I think. I need to allow it to change what I do in my life. I need to allow it to change me. It's in my spirit. I need to get it up here. How many of us think according to the Word? How many of us walk according to the Word? I don't many times. But I need to focus my faith, focus my walk, not on where I'm been, but on where I'm going. Where are we going? Are we just going to sit here? Are we just going to build a monument and stay here and die? Are we going to go on and inherit what God has for us? If you look, there were a group of people in verse 12 of the same chapter. There were a group of people who had decided to stay on the other side of Jordan. They had decided this even before Moses died. It was the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh. They had already decided, listen, we want to stay here. 
And if, if you'll hold your place, let's just sort of read that a little bit. I actually wasn't planning on going there. There were those two tribes and half of the other tribe. And they had decided, because they raised cattle, that they were going to stay in that spot. But Moses had given them a reprimand for not wanting to go on in. But he told them, if you will go on in and help them possess the land, then I'll allow you to stay here and have this for an inheritance. He didn't like it, the idea of them not going on in. But what really made him mad and what really set him off was the fact that they were doing just like their fathers had done when they had crossed over the Red Sea. Because what happened to them? God was ready for them to go on and enter the promised land then. And Moses sent the spies in, and all of them but two came back with an evil report, saying we can't go in yet. And that's who Moses compared these people to. These were their children. These were the ones that had grown up in the wilderness. They were ready, just as the, these others were that Joshua led into the promised land. These were the children, the ones who God had said, you will go and enter in. But yet they say, no, we don't want to go in. We want to stay here. But chapter 32 of Numbers says, Now the children of Reuben, verse 1, Numbers is right behind Deuteronomy. The children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a great multitude of land, I mean a great multitude of cattle. When they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that behold, the place was a place for cattle. And the children of Gad and of Reuben came and spake to Moses and to the priest, Eleazar, and unto the princes of the congregation, saying, Adaroth, Dibon, Jazer, and Nimrah, and Heshbon, Elada, Sheban, Nebo, and beyond, even the country which the Lord smote before the congregation of Israel is a land for cattle, and our servants have cattle. In other words, we have cattle. It's a good land for cattle. Wherefore, they said, If we have found grace in thy sight, let this land be given to thy servants or us for possession. Bring us not over Jordan. Now listen to Moses right here. Moses said unto the children of Gad and the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war, and shall you sit here? Now listen to that. Shall your brothers go to war, and shall you sit here? You might not want to enter into what God has set before us, but you have to, if you're going to be a part of the people that God has taken on in, if you're going to be counted as part of Israel, if you're going to be counted as part of the church, you have to get up and you have to help us who want to go on in. You have to. God is saying here, you have to. Are you going to just sit here and let your brothers go to war? Are you just going to sit here and be satisfied with where you're at and not help your brothers? So he goes on and tells them, and wherefore don't, Wherefore, discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord has given them. In other words, don't even discourage them. Just because you're satisfied doesn't mean that you have the right to discourage me from going on into what God has for me. Just because you're satisfied with what's going on in your life and what God's doing, don't discourage me from pressing on. Just because you're satisfied with the way this church is, don't let that discourage the others from pressing on and making it a glorious church. Just did your fathers when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. He's telling them about where they went over, spied out the land, came back, brought a report. Verse 10 said the Lord's anger was kindled at the same time, and he said that they won't be able to enter in. Verse 12 says only Caleb and Joshua were able to go in who were even alive at that time, other than Moses. Let's go on to verse 14. And behold, you are risen up in your father's stead, an increase of sinful men to augment yet the fierce anger of the Lord toward Israel. For if you turn away from after him, he will yet again leave them in the wilderness and shall destroy all his people. And so then they tell him, they say, we're going to build cities here, but we will, verse 18, we will not return unto our houses until the children of Israel have inherited every man his inheritance. We're going to go ahead and settle in here, but we promise you, we will help those going in. Now, listen to verse 20. Moses said unto them, if you will do this thing, if you will go armed before the Lord to war and will go 
all of you armed over Jordan before the Lord until he hath driven out his enemies from before him, and the land be subdued before the Lord. Then afterward you shall return and be guiltless before the Lord and before Israel, and this land shall be your possession before the Lord. But if you, listen to this, if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Build you cities for your little ones and foes for your sheep. Do that which has proceeded out of your mouth. And the children of Gad, children of Reuben, spake, saying, Thy servants will do as you've commanded. And so he says, verse 30, If you will not pass, he tells to Joshua what's going on here, because Joshua's the one that's going to lead them in. He says, If they will not pass over with you armed, they shall have possessions among you in the land of Canaan. In other words, they don't have a choice. They're either going to go on over and help those, their brothers, inherit what God has for them, or they're not going to even have an inheritance because they're not going to be allowed to stay there and have an inheritance and still be right with God. They can't do it. So either you've got a choice, I've got a choice, either I'm going to help my brothers go on in and inherit what God has for them, or I'm not going to be able to settle in anywhere because I'm not going to be allowed by God and stay in right relationship with Him to go back into the things I come out of. Are you catching on a little bit to what I'm saying? Can't just sit here and expect to be right with God. You can't do it. And that's why many of you are having such torment in your souls. That's why I'm having such a torment in mine. Because part of me does, you know, I like just coming and not having to do anything much. You know, I can come in here if I want to, and I can sing a few songs, listen to a good little sermon, and go home and forget about it. But I cannot stay in right relationship with God now that I know I cannot do that and stay in right relationship with God, I have to pray. I have to press on in. I have to fight for myself and for you to enter into what God has for us. It's our duty. It's our job. It's what we were destined for. We cannot just stay here because we will die. We will die. I don't want to leave any of you behind in what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about physically getting up and going anywhere. This is talking about a spiritual journey. Okay? We have been commissioned by God to inherit the kingdom, to take it by force. Okay, where is the kingdom of God? Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. So who are the Hittites and the Canaanites and the Amorites and all these other things that we have to defeat? Their attitudes, their emotions, their thoughts and beliefs and things that have kept us from entering into what God has for us. They're not any certain people anywhere that we have to come against. We have to come against traditionalism. We have to come against even the very things that we came against coming out of Egypt. We have to go in more strength, more force to press on in into the promised land and cross over Jordan. And there's thoughts, there's attitudes, there's emotions, there's beliefs, there's things that we've set up and we've said this is what I believe that have really kept us from entering into the things of God. Because if you understand God and you understand the fact that what you believe has to be based on your understanding of Scripture, then you cannot, you cannot rightly say that your beliefs are concrete. Because if you're truly pressing into God, then your understanding of God increases. Does it not? Okay? So your beliefs have to change. Now, man, you shouldn't allow anybody to change your beliefs. Don't allow me to change your beliefs. But by God's Word, you have to allow Him to do it. And I think God's in the process of changing a lot of our beliefs. And I'm not saying that, that what we believe is going to cause us to sin or anything like that, but it will cause us to not press on beyond where we're at. You know, there was a time that people believed the world was flat, but their understanding changed because somebody pressed on in or pressed out, whatever you want to call it. They went and tried to, to do what was said couldn't be done. And so their beliefs had to change because no longer can you say the world's flat and not have somebody turn at you and laugh or say you're crazy because we know it's not. 
we'll see it's that the things of God are the same way. There was a time when people said, never will there be such a great revival as what took place in the, in the second chapter of Acts. But how many of you know, we understand now that God is getting ready to do something even greater than that. Okay? So if you want to accept that, and your beliefs had to change, because there was a time I didn't believe that. You know, I thought, well, God, through doing all that he's going to do, that's great. I've even come to the place now, my belief in the fact that it could happen any minute, I don't believe that. Now, I'm not trying to put my belief off on you, but I don't, I don't believe that the rapture is going to happen just any second now, because I know, listen, I'm not saying I think, I know by what I have seen, there's things got to happen. I have not seen this great revival yet, and it's been prophesied it's going to happen. Now, I understand that I could die any minute now, and my thing with God could happen. You know, I understand that. And so I do have to live like every day is the last. But for me to try to con people and to scare them to death into coming into the kingdom of God, telling them this and that and the other is going to happen, I can't do that anymore. What my emphasis is in getting people to, to, to raise up and understand that God is wanting them to be like Jesus. And listen, it's the goodness of God that leads man to repentance, not, not these terrible and awesome fire and brimstone. But I know that my God is good. God is getting ready to do some awesome things. But the point I'm trying to make is it don't have to happen 10 years from now. It don't have to happen next week. It could happen. It could start tonight. Anytime God's people will get together and truly seek his face. I'm not talking about just coming once a week or twice a week or however often and just being satisfied with that. But when I'm coming to church, I'm tired of just learning about prosperity. I'm tired of just learning about, well, if I believe it, I can get it. Yes, I can, but what is it I'm believing for? What's the purpose of it all? That's what I'm after. What's the purpose in it? Is it just so I can have a little bless me club? No, it's so that we can bring this world into the kingdom, to bring people to God. That's what it's all about, not so I can have a Mercedes. I hope you're being blessed by today's edition of Emerging Daily and the message Transition. We'll get back to the message here shortly. Just wanted to remind you to please be sure to check out our website, EmergeNashville.org, and also you can get there by going to EmergingDaily.com, either one. Um, Tell your friends and family, co-workers, whoever, to please listen to our podcast. Uh, Beginning tomorrow, we're going to be uh, talking about a lot of things that our nation is going through and how those things relate to us spiritually, how we can uh, effect change in a positive way in our love walk. Um, So please listen tomorrow and again, tell your friends and everybody about it. And we'll get back to our message once again in just a moment. This is Emerging Daily. purpose of it all? That's what I'm after. What's the purpose in it? Is it just so I can have a little bless me club? No. It's so that we can bring this world into the kingdom. To bring people to God. That's what it's all about. Not so I can have a Mercedes. Not so I can have a, a big ranch off somewhere. My prosperity is about me being to where I can bless other people. To where I can enhance the kingdom by bringing these other people in. I can help the kingdom of God that way. And I'm not trying to preach condemnation on anybody that has a lot because I've been blessed by people that have been blessed. My thing is I want to be able to bless somebody else. That's the only reason I even think about prosperity. You, know, you understand what I'm saying? I want to know God. I want his people to know him. I want this world to know him. How do you feel? You know, I want to be a part of a body that's wanting to draw God and his people together because that's what the church is. When we come together as the body of Christ, as the church, when we come together, There should be a union of heaven and earth.
there should be that divine encounter. When Moses encountered God and he came down off the mountain, it said his face shined. When Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, even his clothes shined. Am I saying I'm wanting that? I don't know. But I want to know, I want to experience God to the ultimate, whatever that means. If it means me walking around going, fine. You know, I don't care. I'm not, ta- you know, I'm not talking about some space stuff. I'm just talking about encountering God, knowing him better. And I can't know God if I don't know you, and you neither can you. We need each other. So let's get to know one another better. Let's get to know how each other works. You know, what's going on in your life? What is it that, that you're dealing with? Because I've dealt with some things that maybe you're dealing with now. I heard a story this week. There was this guy preaching on radio, and he wasn't even talking about what I was thinking about at the time. But he was talking about when um, Joseph was put in the pit by his brothers. If you don't know the story, Joseph's the one who had the coat of many colors, that's what I'm talking about. And his brothers threw him in a pit. Because they got tired of hearing him tell them that he's going to rise up and be over them. They got tired of it and they said, listen, we're through hearing this, we're going to throw you down here in this pit. And then they finally decided that they would sell him as a slave. So he ended up in Egypt, ultimately. And he said, what was going through Joseph's mind? What kept him focused on God? What was it that kept him? And he said, he believed, and I think I believe too, that it was learning the stories that his granddad had told him. Who was his granddad? Isaac. Now remember Isaac? He was the one that Abraham had took up on the mountain and tied him down there and started to offer him as a living sacrifice to God. And he was ready to put the fire to him when God said, stop, there's a ram over here in the thicket caught by his horns. So here's Joseph remembering the story of how God delivered his granddad. And so he knew that God would deliver him. And I thought, and he wasn't even talking about this, but I thought, that's how faith works. Not necessarily, and not only by me hearing somebody tell this, but it also works by God, somebody, a child of God, telling me how God delivered them. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word. Yeah, it's based on the Word, but it don't have to be exactly what this says, word for word. It can be your testimony of how God delivered you. That'll build my faith. That's why it's so important for us to tell what God's doing in our lives. But in Revelation, I believe it's chapter 5, they overcame by the word of their testimony. And I've always thought, well, this is the word of our testimony. But the word of my testimony is how God delivered me. I mean, have you not ever heard somebody say how that God had delivered them from something? And it just stirred up faith in you. That's how it works. That's how it works. By me hearing what God's doing in your life. So what God is doing here, as we talk about it, as we talk about what God is doing in our lives. I started on this little rabbit trail by saying, we need to know each other. I need to know you. I need to know what God's doing. What's going on in here? What's taking place in your life? You know, what struggles are you having? Because I've either had them or I will one of these days, probably. Maybe not the very same struggle, but one similar. And so as we talk and we share, we'll grow in God. And that's how you bring others in, is by talking. By, that's, how, that's what a witness is, one who talks about what they've seen, what they've experienced. But the true witness is somebody that just really just says what they've experienced. What's going on? What's happened in your life? Share that with other people. And faith will be stirred in them. And they'll want to know your God. And they'll want to know Him more intimately. If you would look at John. John chapter 16, verse 7. John chapter 16, verse 7. And it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send Him to you. And when He has come, He will reprove or convince, is what that word means, the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me, on righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. 
of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. A little while and you shall not see me, and again a little while and you shall see, see me, because I go to the Father. And I think that's what's about to happen and is happening now. Even in a limited sense, I think Brother Faith has become a part of the great cloud of witnesses that Hebrews talks about, who's cheering us on and is watching us. And they're not complete until we enter in. That's what the Word says. And so he wishes unselfishly for us to be where God wants us to be. He is there wanting us to enter in to what He has for for what God has for us. And for us, if we built a shrine or a monument and sat here at that and said, okay, this is it. Praise God. I think He would be deeply grieved. And I know that my Father would. Because God is wanting a glorious church on this earth. He's wanting a people who shines forth the glory of God, whatever that means. I know this, that the glory of God represents His nature. Okay, the word glory comes from the Greek word doxa. It means to recognize. How do you recognize God? By His nature. By the things He does or has done. And so for me to, to have the glory of God in me fully is for me to be able to shine forth who He is. And for you to look at me and can recognize God in my life. Now that takes away a little bit maybe from the spooky side of it. And that does away a little bit maybe with some cloud forming in here that we can say, ooh, look, the glory. You know, it might do away with that. And don't get me wrong, that could happen. God can do what He wants. Again, I say He's sovereign. But let's apply it more to where we're at. And let's quit looking for things with our physical eyes and learn to see them with our spirit. The glory is God shining forth through His people. His nature, His love, His attributes. And you can find them. They're the fruit of the Spirit. They're not hard to find. You know, they're in Galatians. If you want to know if you're shining forth the glory of God, there they are. Are you? Fully? I don't think I am. But His nature is what He's wanting to do, to shine forth through us. And so as we press on in, as we just say, God, I'm not satisfied where I'm at. I'm not going to sit here any longer. I'm going to press on in. I'm going to praise you with all my heart. I want to worship you, Father God. And we have that attitude not only when we're here and this praise and worship team is up here trying to lead us in, but when we get up in the morning, when we're on our way to work, when we get to work, whatever you do, that is where we're, where we're, what we've got to do. That's where we've got to go in God is to where, whatever we do, to do it to the glory, for the glory, in the glory, whatever, of God. By His nature, in His nature, for His nature. Not for, you know, God didn't say, oh, look, I'm going to create this great and mighty world so I can show the fact that I can do it. No, it was to show forth His glory. What does that mean? To show how He is. To show what He is. When you look and you see a beautiful tree, you can say, oh, look, that's glorious. Yeah, because it's shining forth God's nature. It's beautiful. When you look at a bird and hear him singing and you think, oh my God, made that. God didn't do that just so he could just 
say, oh, let's see if I can create a bird today. No, he did it to show forth his nature. God is a joyful God. He loves to sing. And the Bible says that he rejoices over us with singing. So he did all this to show forth his glory, to show forth his nature. And so you can see God, and Romans says that we're held accountable even if we've never heard the gospel. We're held accountable because even nature itself shines forth and tells the story. But do we shine it forth and tell the story? That's why he created us, for his glory, to show forth his nature. Not just so he could have a little Scott somewhere and say, oh look, I made a Scott. You know? It was to show forth his nature. And that's what my job is. That's what my goal is. That's what my vision is. To show forth the nature of God as fully as I can. And how fully can I? I can as fully as Jesus did. Why? Because, and that may strike you a little funny that I said that, why can I as fully as Jesus did? Now I have been born of the Spirit. So I'm no longer just a human little Scott running around. I'm this superhuman, Christ-dwelt being. The very Spirit that was in Him is in me. It's not a lesser Spirit. It's not a smaller Spirit. It's not a, a, some Spirit that's got a little bit less power. It's the very same Spirit. And Jesus said, the works I do, you shall do. And He wasn't just talking about raising the dead. He was talking about walking the walk that He walked. He was talking about living a sin-free life. He was talking about being the Son of God on this earth. And yes, I have been called to be Christ in this earth. You have been called to be Christ in this earth, to show forth that nature that Jesus showed forth, to let people see Him in you. That was what He did. He, he was our example. He was our example in life. He was our example in death, not physically, but spiritually. We have to die to ourselves. And I'm covering a lot of ground tonight. But also the crossing of the River Jordan symbolizes our death to self. That has to happen. And you will not enter into what God has for you till you begin to die to yourself. I have to die to me, to what I want, what I think, what I desire. My attitudes, my emotions, all these things that I've already said we have to deal with, I have to die to them. Paul said, I die daily. Those things have to happen. But then, greater is he that's in me than this flesh that's in the world. It's not just talking about Satan. Greater is he that's in me than this me that goes around in the world every day. This thing that's in me is greater than that. And so it's by that thing in me that I can conquer. Not by this. Not by the flesh. Not by the things that I can think I can do on my own. But it's by the Spirit of God. That's how I can enter in. That's how I can overcome. That's how you can overcome. But we won't do it alone. We can't do it alone. But if you want to sit here and not enter into that and not be a part of what God's going to do, you can't. I'm sorry, but according to the way my understanding is, and maybe I'm wrong, but according to my understanding of what we've read so far and the things that I know of the Scriptures, I don't believe we can sit here and be satisfied where we're at in God and have a right relationship with Him. You can't do it. You have to long to cross and go on in. The word that Paul said is when you assemble together. And that, if you understand what assembling is, it means, especially in the Greek, to put something together. Like you're building, you know, how many of you ever built models? Guys, if you build a model, you have to assemble. You know, when you buy a bicycle for your child, and say, some assembly required. You know, well, that's the way the church is. We have to assemble together. 
And there's some parts, you can try to assemble it. If you don't have those parts in place, it won't work. And there's no part that's unimportant. Every part's important. You are important. If I see an area of your life that uh, I can help you with, I have to offer my hand. I have to do what I can. If God gives me a word for you, I have to give it to you. I can't withhold it. If I see that you have a need and God shows me that need, I have to help to fill it somehow, if I can. If, you know, however, I can help you be who God wants you to be, I have to help you. And that's what church is all about. That's what being church is all about. It's not this building. It's not about building buildings. It's not about buying land and, and you know, all that. It's about being together, fellowshipping together, but pressing on in to God, not just sitting around singing some songs and hearing somebody get up and talk, but having a desire to be like God and coming together and, and you know, somebody may get up and talk and teach like I'm doing right now. It's necessary. Singing songs are very necessary. That's part of worship. That's not all of worship. There's a lot more to worship than just singing a song. But it is part of it. It's a necessary part. But let's learn to look past with our eyes and our natural ears and see what God's doing. See where He's taking us. Let's cross on over this Jordan. Let's arise. The time of mourning is past. It's time to get up and go on in. However we can. Whatever God says, let's do it. Let's go on in. Let's get up and go. Let's just go. Are you ready? Well, let's go and pray. Father God, you're awesome. The things you have for us are awesome. The things that you're showing us are awesome, and it's even more awesome than I was even able to, to even shine a little bit of light on tonight, Father. But God, I pray that I, by your Spirit, help to stir up a little, at least a little hunger to go on into what you have for us, to quit this being where we're at. God, we've been here so long. Let's just go in. Help us, Father. Lead us. Moses said that he would not go unless you went before him. God, we won't go unless you go before us, Father God, but we know you're there. We know you're drawing us. Help us to see that, Father. Increase our desire. Stretch us, Father, that we'll be filled with more of you. God, we want to see, even with our physical eyes, God, we want to see some things. And I don't think that we have to apologize for that. We want to see some miracles, Father. We want to see some things, but it's to, it's to help build your kingdom. God, just as when Jesus healed somebody and the word of him grew, Father, and was multiplied, and when the disciples did the same thing and the word spread and people were drawn, Father God, if that's what it takes, God, let some healings happen. Let us raise somebody up that's lame, Father. But God, the thing that we're after is not a miracle. It's not a dollar in our pocket. But it's your kingdom being magnified. God, we praise you and we, we worship you tonight, Father. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're going to do, Lord. God, help us to, to know that in the twinkling of an eye, you can change us and make us more and more like you. Every second, every blink of our eye, Father God, let us be more like you. Let us be changed. I thank you.
I praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Any comments? If you like good old country cooking, then you're going to love Bale's Little Country Kitchen in Lebanon, right in the heart of Middle Tennessee. Bale's Little Country Kitchen is Lebanon's new favorite place for great country cooking. They have a terrific breakfast and lunch menu, as well as awesome specials throughout the week, like the Friday night all-you-care-to-eat catfish dinner and fixings, and their Saturday morning breakfast bar. And now, they've teamed up with We Deliver to bring their super southern food right to your home or office. You can find out more by going to their website, BellsLebanon.com, where you can see their menu and specials and even order delivery. That's BellsLebanon.com. You're going to love Bell's Little Country Kitchen, Lebanon's new favorite place for great country cooking. Thanks for joining us today on Emerging Daily, and I hope that the message on transition blessed you. Please listen tomorrow as we're going to begin a new set of talks dealing with things that our nation is going through, how those things affect us spiritually, how we can respond and effect positive change by walking in love. Uh, tell your friends, family, co-workers, everybody. And uh, check out our website, EmergingDaily.com or EmergeNashville.org. Our email is EmergeNashville at gmail.com. If you want to find out any more about us, you can either go to a website or email us. We're getting ready to begin having weekly uh, worship and teaching times. So please uh, think about being involved in that. God bless you and Thanks for listening to Emerging Daily. Thanks for listening today, and we hope you were stirred to put love into action. Feel free to send your questions or comments to EmergeNashville at gmail.com And please consider donating on our website, EmergeNashville.org, or write to Emerge P.O. Box 3242, Lebanon, Tennessee, 37088.